Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we tend to bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. But as people know, the holiday seasons are crazy, so we are bringing you uh, episodes that messed us up as kids. That's right. These are cartoon episodes that warped us. We're going to talk about uh, three cartoons that had an unnerving effect on children when they aired. Uh, and these are cold from both our own experience, but also the internet uh, and, and what affected people. I can't wait to talk about these. Uh, they're, they're both nostalgia and not nostalgia. And they're just kind of, when the adult world bleeds into kid-only spaces, which is what we typically think of with like Saturday morning cartoons, uh, wild things happen. So we're going to talk about three episodes. We're going to talk about uh, the 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 animated The Mask series, which uh, came out a year after the 1994 Jim Carrey um, The Mask, which was adapted from uh, a Dark Horse comic book by Doug Monk and Doug Monk, who both Tad and I love that series. Uh, an episode from that, which had very unchild-friendly material. And then we'll talk about uh the uh, a contemporary cartoon episode the joy from the cartoon the what's it the amazing adventure the the amazing world of gumball right is that what yeah. it's called so it's funny i love this show we'll talk about it but i never get the name right i just think it's gumball the amazing world of gumball there it is okay uh and then the most famous on the list will be uh the segment of an episode uh called uh, the episode's called elephant issues and the the segment is called one beer from steven spielberg produced and overall amazing 90s cartoon the tiny tune adventures uh which has sort of looney tunes characters teaching the next generation of cartoon uh anthropomorphic animal characters uh so these three episodes we have uh gumball the the amazing world of gumball the joy we have uh the mask the episode is called uh flight as a feather and then we have one beer from tiny Teen adventures now if you're like normally a cult movie fan horror war whatever and you're like yeah kids just listen to this guys if you don't remember these or you haven't heard of these they're they're bonkers um so we're gonna do this so we're gonna talk about the mask first uh the mask the the series aired it actually had three seasons which i didn't realize i thought it was kind of a one season wonder uh from 95 to 97 it has a really star cast of voice actors in it rob paulson um who has done tons of ninja turtles uh in the the 
the 3D animated Nickelodeon. He was Donatello. He's been Raphael. He's he did the voice of Raphael in the recent um uh the Shredder's Return or Return of Shredder, the new side scrolling TMNT game. Uh he's been in all those plus he's very recognizable voice. He plays the mask slash Stanley Ipkiss. If nobody's seen the mask of the movie, first off, go see the mask of the movie. Um it's Jim Carrey plays sort of a down on his luck loser with a lovable dog. And he finds this ancient mask. And when he puts it on, when he's alone, uh, he's overtaken by uh, what his therapist presumes to be the spirit of Loki, the God of mischief. Uh, it's wild. He becomes uh, what in the comics they call big head, just a guy with his big cartoon green head on who can materialize things and does wild things and uh, launches dance scenes, very cartoonish. It's a wonderful movie. It was Cameron Diaz's breakout role, uh, kept her from having to do pornography again, uh, which I, that's not a snide comment. It actually is, you know, they did, you know, uh, Stallone did it. Many Helen Mirren did it. Many people did it. You got to do what you, you gotta do. do. You do what you got to do. Um, so, Rob Paulson is in it. Frank Welker, of course, is great. And he plays the dog. Jim Cummings, who is just, he plays Detective Doyle. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, I can't even think. I think he does, um, uh, does he do Goofy now? Uh, he's just really fantastic. I know he did um, Winnie the Pooh. He's done so, so many things. So apologize if I've gotten some of them wrong. But <clears throat> those three names alone are sort of, epic cartoon voiceover royalty rob paulson frank welcome and jay cummings and there's many others in here um tress mcneil is in there as well there's just a great cast which is kind of shocking as to why i think the cartoon is hella shoddy <laughs> but i know you love this series so let's talk about it um the the cartoon is one of those things where it takes it doesn't really it's weird because where some cartoons like let's say the 2014 era 3D animated Ninja Turtles cartoon that Nickelodeon did. It took things from the original cartoon series and the original comics and sort of everything in between. And it brought them in to make this sort of fun, rich world where we got, where the hardcore fans got to see stuff we'd never seen on screen and other people got to see um, the bits that they liked come into a new world. The mask sort of does that as a cartoon series because it, it takes heavily from the movie. The comics are much more, adult uh much more violent uh still have some of the same themes though um but it, it does things like he's always wearing the the famous yellow zoot suit that he has uh in the movie that's his main outfit in the cartoon as opposed to changing always he does change when he does a bit but um and of course he has his dog he's still stanley ipkiss um his like landlord lady is the same the the police officers the lovable doyle um and Callaway are both there from the, the movie although they do things that they change things into the stereotypes that are common in cartoons for some characters like Callaway is no longer sort of like a uh He's not a just small, like an 80s like, cop small yeah yeah like a he's detective like a flat, he's like a flat top like he, bodybuilder yeah flat top angry hardcore like you know out of the military into the police you know out of the, the marine corps into the police you know like that sort of thing it's just a strange choice um and we do not in this episode but we do have the therapist who's who's um still voiced uh by who played him in the movie um ben stein Ben Stein, thank you. I'm like, why am I blanking? Ben Stein, famous, famous voice. Uh, so recognizable. Uh, so anyway, so the cartoon, but it also brings in 
um, Walter from the comic books, which is an interesting choice because in the comic books, Walter is sort of not really explained much, if at all. He's a hulking giant criminal, a mob uh, strongman who has like his um, sort of like Mutt and Jeff, like he has the little yippie guy around him all the time who does the talking for him. But as soon as Walter wants something different, he'll just smash the other guy across the street, you know, with an arm. And he's indestructible, essentially, in the comics. Like he's just such a hulking man that he, he never dies, but he wants the mask. Um, and so he's in the show. So they did bring stuff in from the comics, mostly exclusive to that. But <laughs> let's talk about the episode. The episode is called Flight as a Feather, and, and as opposed to Light as a Feather. And the reason is, is because in this, the mask tells us, because we don't get any Stanley Epicus, there is no alter ego in this episode. He is 100% the mask, 100% of the time. We don't even see him put the mask on. He is showering at the beginning of the episode as the mask, which is interesting. I don't know why you would do that, but okay. Um, <clears throat> and he says that he has his lucky hat I mean, his lucky feather for his hat that has always served him well, and it's going to help him win a, uh, a karaoke, karaoke contest. contest. <laughs> karaoke contest that night. <laughs> but the wind takes the feather, and then it, hence the name Fly to the Feather, and he chases the feather throughout the episode. And as he does so, he uh, manages to irritate or uh, 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 <laughs> maim every person he comes across uh, until they all uh, gang up on him at the end, at which point he still gets away because he's the mask and the mask is sort of a spirit of mischief and can't really be contained. So the reason why this episode made this list is because um, there is a character that shows up halfway in <laughs> called not even halfway, like a, the first third in yeah. called cookie kaboom. And Cookie Kaboom is a stripper who slept with the mayor, and when he dumped her, she got mad, so she shows up at one of his speeches with wearing only an overcoat and two belts of dynamite, one around her nipples and one around her lady parts, for lack of a better word. And that's all she's wearing. And they actually, now, using the word stripper in a kid's cartoon is pretty much a no-go but they get really close they have the mayor's assistant go it's that strip exotic dancer which by the way exotic dancer is another term that would not I'm, make it in a kid i show. was impressed that they um, could get away with it i they did and um and not only does uh is she gonna blow up the place wearing only dynamite but she then after she looks like she's flashed this mayor's assistant with a trench coat uh and then we see that she's she's wearing something the mask then spins her into like a tasmanian devil spin grinds up in a blender the dynamite and drinks it which causes him to burp throughout the next scene and then when the police show up he grabs her so she's fully nude facing the police and then they faint and fall down the stairs now while it's not a new premise it it was definitely crossing a line of normalcy in in this cartoon and i too am quite shocked that it showed up there it really showed up it's such a weird because in the second season early on i think it's episode three or something of season yeah. two it is one of those things where at this point in 90s cartoons in saturday morning cartoons there were a million there were so many the greats had sort of fallen to the side or were ending or wrapped up like gi joe transformers 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original run. Um, and you had like a lot of new properties trying to find their way in some found ground, uh, like, like shortly the hereafter tiny tunes adventures, um, and others like pirates of dark water, uh, and, and, um, uh, skeleton warriors. They didn't, they, they showed up, kind of made a big appearance in the toy world and then faded away. Uh, but the mask is one of those that survived, I think, because of the property, like because the movie was so successful. I remember seeing the movie and having to wait in Valencia around like a city block to get to get tickets. It was so it was so packed. I mean, the mid 90s was Jim Carrey mania. He was totally. off that. He had two uh, Ace Ventura movies. He was he was top of his game. And I, I almost guarantee that uh, without. Jim Carrey being responsible for the mask's success, which I think a lot of it was attributed to that, that mm -hmm. TV show never would have been made. No, I agree. And <laughs> I I guess, so So, what is your thoughts? Because you watched this when it, like not maybe this episode, but you watched the series when it was on. I sure um, did. What were your memories of this series? And what do you, what's your thoughts having watched this episode again? Uh, well, for one, this stuff from it's funny that we paired this well not paired more like tripled it with a with a another uh i want to say another spielberg property even though this mask cartoon was not a spielberg property mm -hmm. but it does have the same sort of irreverent humor that a lot of stuff in the mid 90s did this kind of it's one of those things like there was a lot of creativity in these shows but at the same time, you realize that there was sort of a lot of sharing of jokes and sharing of similar writing mm -hmm. in, in of, uh, the structuring of the jokes, because it's one of those things. I remember this type of humor in Freakazoid. I remember yep. it in uh, uh, what's the other property that I'm trying to think of. It's 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 just You're that talking was about a... the pre-stereo one that that came after or something. There, oh God, there's a I lot. There's there's you know, and I mean, uh, Animaniacs. Yes, um, yeah, yes, yes. Which was another Spielberg property. It was just very also very... had Rob Paulson in it. Played Wacko yeah. and many other characters. Well, I mean, Rob Paulson like literally is in everything ever. Sure, like he is, you can't he really not is. hear him. Like he he didn't he also do Mighty Max, which is one of my favorite. I'm shows sure he did. I'm um, sure that no those it's there's a lot of dark tv shows back when when in the 90s and mighty max got dark sometimes but uh again nothing gets darker than uh, conan the adventurer holy shit that show is oh so much so much so um we'll have to talk about that at some yes. point too um yeah so this episode in particular was written by julia lewald um apologies if i'm mispronouncing the name but she wrote she's still writing i believe but she wrote um like a huge number of 90s cartoons and all the way into the 2010s and beyond um she wrote i i knew her name because of robocop alpha commando the like the last of um the the robocop animated properties they they put out um she also wrote for young hercules which by the way i'm gonna shock the world I... by saying that young hercules lasted 50 episodes i had no idea it lasted 50 episodes it's the the young hercules property launched uh based on the kevin sorbo one and by the way again if you think that you've never seen ryan gosling look horrendous he plays hercules in that just go watch it he, look they make him look so bad it's it's comical oh uh, anyway um, but she wrote for that. She wrote for all sorts of things. Um, Transformers, Robots in Disguise from just a few years ago. 
the uh the two thousands two D animated Ninja Turtles, the one that also got real dark and real like mm, spook, like even darker than the comics in many ways, uh, I think. But anyway, so she wrote a lot of stuff. This is a weird episode because, as I said, we see no Stanley. Um, we just see the mask, and I. This must have been one of those weird in-between episodes that just no one really gave a crap about, in my opinion, because I found it hard to watch because the audio is just noise. The whole episode is just noise. It's Rob Paulson screaming into a microphone and just sound effects over and over and over again, which some would say, well, that's what a cartoon is. I'm like, you don't understand. Go look this up on YouTube, guys. It is <laughs> just noise. And the animation is that questionable stage that happens when a cartoon becomes successful enough that it's got a couple of seasons coming before, like before it has to worry about renewal, but it also is not trying to, so it's not trying to impress anyone anymore. Um, it, and, and it's not impressing anyone. It does not sync with the audio a bit. Um, there's, what there's was your a, thoughts on it? There's, there was some, uh, yeah, there were, there were some frames that just didn't need to happen. It, it's very stiff animation. It's well, very and it's sometimes very... part of part of the joy of the comics when when the mask hit its stride uh, in its first run with the amazing Doug Monk. Um, again, I, if I'm butchering your name, you're like my artistic hero. So I'm sorry. M O E N C H. I should have Google it. But anyway, um, y'all can Google it and, and write in. Uh, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Uh, but anyway, was the expressions that Big Head gave were wild. The big teeth, the crazy expressions. They do clearly their style sheets, which is what animators get on a show like this, where they have different angles of different characters, different facial expressions. They did have some good ones to play with. Um, so I'm not, I wasn't mad at the mask so much, but there was a lot of, there's a scene where he's plucking a performance artist named, I think they call him Crisco. He's clearly yes. a take on Christo who worked with his partner to do like these big giant, like covering the Coliseum in a tarp, that sort of thing. Um, and some people, you either love it or you hate it. Uh, but he, he does this bit where the character that's based off him dips himself in tar and then is feathered and the mask's missing feather gets stuck to his behind. And so the mask for some reason turns into a knight in armor to pluck this guy. I don't know. I didn't see, I didn't understand the connections that they were I, making here. It was like you threw every, it was like the manatees from South park that wrote family guy <laughs> were, were writing this episode because things happened that didn't really relate. Um, it's yeah, like but, the 67th time I've seen a cartoon have a character that's basically a crappy Polly Shore uh, yeah. impersonation. And it, it it's happened so often that I've lost. I, I got so fixated on, how, is that Polly Shore with an uncredited voiceover? Or is it someone trying <laughs> to do a bad Polly Shore? Sometimes you can't tell. Yeah, I, I don't. And I mean, and what got me is that was the most blatant where the character the person who's voicing that character is saying multiple lines and his mouth is just not even moving <laughs> on screen and that and that you know that happens sometimes but i mean th there was an animation was, studio it was a scene like it was a whole scene and i've done a little animation i feel for animators it is a very tough very very tough <laughs> usually offshore job um and so i get it uh it's oh my God, certainly there it's uh, right bear, bear driving car how can this be uh we'll have to talk about the clerks cartoon someday yeah so anyway this was a bonkers thing um the episode is generally 
on inoffensive. They get close. It, I'm trying to figure out if they were trying to make a Native American joke when the feather lands in an eagle's nest, a bald eagle's nest, which, by the way, is not a bald eagle. Wherever they animated this, they had never seen a bald eagle. This was some other kind. This was a golden condor or something. I don't know what this was. But they say it's a bald eagle. Uh, and it takes the feather, looks at it, and then it sticks it in its head. And it sort of has like a, a headdress vibe. But I, I think they were just trying to make a bald joke. But it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't make any sense because feathers aren't hair. Bald eagles aren't really bald. And he just puts one on his head. So it's just a weird, I'm like, are they doing a Native American thing? Or I didn't get it. And then um, it's too late because they're on to the next To bit. the next, which is just a, the whole wrap up is just a, a ham version of the much better Garfield and Friends one where, which every cartoon has done, where Garfield like, and, and John get stuck in the cabin or whatever, or him and Odie is stuck in the cabin it becomes a rocket sled and goes right, down yes. everybody's done it American Dad did it like last year uh, it's, <laughs> everybody's done it um, but anyway by the way Garfield and Friends is one of the greatest cartoons in history um, written completely by Mark Evanier who is a great writer and a great comic artist and did Gru with Sergio Aragones all sorts of things so it all it's a beautiful mind uh, okay so this episode it's really the fact that they have a stripper, which they essentially call a stripper, and then an exotic dancer, and then she's naked and, like, you know, ridiculously endowed on, yes, of course, you don't see any genitalia or or nipples or anything like that. Of course. It's but a Saturday her morning name's cartoon. Cookie Kaboom. Cookie Kaboom, uh, guys. Like, it's it's real... And she's very and Rosie I, Perez about it, you know. She's clearly supposed I, to be Hispanic, and she has a... a, a, a the beauty know, like mark. A beauty mark. I want... Like, please, is there a strip club out there that actually has someone on staff that actually does the bit with with the dynamite? Because it would be would great, be actually. Hilarious. Like, it would be really great. And you could do lots of fun stuff with sparklers. I'm sure it's a bad fire hazard. You know, fire marshals won't like it, but <laughs> I think they'll they'll let it go. Uh, yeah, no, I would love to. If you know, if you know a cookie kaboom out there, or you are a cookie kaboom, feel free to write in. Okay, so that's the mask episode uh, from from I believe it was '96 um that 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 hit i uh, the next one we're gonna talk about this one now the amazing world of gumball i this is a nickelodeon cartoon they have 11 minute episodes it's sort of like it was a weird thing where and it's very successful and it, it did wrap i think in 2019 but they are doing a movie which will be coming out next year 2023 although i have to say i hope it does because i enjoy the show but Warner Brothers is uh is it Warner Brothers that that has this one? I think Nickelodeon has this, so it should be safe. It Warner would Brothers be is Paramount not has, then, wouldn't it? Yeah, Warner Brothers has has as everybody knows been really screwing over their animated partners. So um, you know, I'd say boycott, but then you heard them even more. It's hard it's it's a toss up. Just make some noise guys and and tell Warner Brothers we want our animation. So <clears throat> The Amazing World of Gumball. This is one of those shows where I adore it because it is it's sort of like, it's sort of like, in some ways, it feels like a variety show, even though it is a narrative cartoon that has a story about kids going to school. But because it's so bonkers, it's an adult swim show for kids. It has, there's 3,000 types of animation. It's clearly done by like millennials, right? Like, that's why I think we, I connect with it. Because it's, 
the characters, some of them are 2D animated. Some of them look like Jendi Tartavovsky did them. Some of them are 3D animated that looks like they they took a um, free asset flip from YouTube and green screen, you know, chroma keyed out the background. Um, some characters are literal puppets, like actual physical puppets in this show. And they all mix it together with zero explanation. Like zero. The characters interact and one character is 3D animated, one character is 2D, one character is a puppet, one character is a, a photorealistic T-Rex. Uh, in 3D animation. You know what I mean? Like, it's just bonkers, off the walls, crazy. Um, at its heart, it's uh, Gumball and his friend, who is a fish, which is his pet, but also goes to school as a student, uh, and his family and their friends, and they do adventures. This episode that we're talking about is called The Joy. Now, this episode aired in 2014, and it's one of those things, it's sort of like when a cartoon does like a like in the 80s and 90s when it would do like a predators reference like it would have the pre you know like a predator moment like they somebody would be like invisible and it was clearly a nod to the movie which kids certainly aren't supposed to see but everybody knows adult movies sell kids toys right if they have a monster animal or whatever so like they do that this is has super strong references to both resident evil the games uh the original games and um what's been said online which i do think is sort of true is heavily the um the spanish horror film and the remake called quarantine the spanish horror film was called rec as in record because it's all through video camera recording the reason that these in these parallels are very obvious and inspirations are obvious is because the joy is that uh gumball and i i'm, I'm a terrible podcaster here guys because i don't have a producer helping me out uh, at this particular moment, but Gumball and his his pet fish uh, is God. God only knows the name. Uh, anyway, they're supposed to be twelve, so let's just go with that. But anyway, they're grumpy, and their dad gives them a hug to help them perk them up. And they go to school, and they're still grumpy, but all of a sudden they start to show signs of being happy, like smiling or clicking their heels, until they are beaming, and uh, they're evil miss simeon teacher who is a 3d animated sort of jindy tartavoski-esque uh samurai jackie looking uh primate uh is like she tries to squelch joy and she sees it as a disease <laughs> and so she ends up taking them to the nurse's office and grabs a cam character that the the principal has uh which i want to talk about in a minute because that scene cracked me up and starts filming it as though it's a survival found footage documentary and the joy literally ex escapes out of the kids' bodies as they're strapped to medical beds and flies around as like this rainbow technicolor phosphorescent goo that just hits people. And all of a sudden they're drooling phosphorescent rainbow gayness basically. And it's super cool. And, but they all become so happy and they're zombies. That's essentially what they are. They're happy zombies and Miss Simeon is trying to evade them. And she has that song that's like this really bleak, morose um, orchestral number that uh, she uses. That's the only antidote. And of course, in the end, she still falls victim to the joy. Apparently, this really freaked out a lot of kids uh, who who saw it. I, I, of course, was not in the demographic to be freaked out by this. But I can see because it is very, I mean, it's literally a spoof of found footage horror films and zombie films. Um it's very funny that when when we first are introduced to the camera that Miss uh, uh, Simeon uses, the principal is like 
just set it up in his office and he's just giving like a first person speech to the camera as though it's a student who's like dissing his authority and then he's like oh yeah and he starts doing like all these like ridiculous punches and kicks towards the camera and it's just it's so off the wall it's like an 80s uh teen movie like you know rock and roll high school sorry my kitten is chewing on something electric so great and uh any who's it's yeah so and then the miss simian walks in sees him doing that they both freeze and she shuts the door and then walks back in and he's got it on his desk and like nothing happened. It's just funny. Uh, they, they're they smart and they have funny timing. But it is, it has all the beats, you know, the, the odd angle cameras, the gritty cinematography, people stumbling around with multicolored ghoul drooling out of their face. I don't know, Tad, what was your thought on this? I really enjoyed it. I in no way found it scary. I I mean, we're adults, so yeah. I have no idea. I, I I would like to think, especially as a kid, like by eight years old, I'd already seen Terminator 2. So an episode like this wasn't going to freak me out. I frankly, you know, for those of us who may have listened to our, uh, what was that? The, the Saturday, what was that? What was the episode with the, the, the drug PSA where all the, all the Saturday oh. cartoons, that thing was, PSAs, mo- yeah. yeah, that thing was far more jarring, especially seeing a, a kid essentially like wasting away on drugs. Um, the episode was interesting. I've always been gumball adjacent, kind of like how I'm always adventure time adjacent. I have uh-huh. never actually sat down and watched any of these shows. Which is, I think, a I brilliant know, show as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know of them. I've heard they're great. I also don't have time for them. And it, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not the demographic. But this episode um, was ruined for me because the only thing I could think of throughout the entire episode was droopy simian titties because that was a thing. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck nate what the fuck yeah. was this? no it's a really this this is one of those cartoons that has really subversive things in it there's an episode so their dad is like an overweight pink rabbit with a really dumb guy voice who's really adorable but ridiculous but at one point i remember in an episode he doesn't exactly but the essentially the vibe is is that he's rubbing his nipples as he's excited about something it's just it's really it's really the kind of thing where you look at it and you're like i can't tell you why this is wrong but i it's like peewee's playhouse i know this is a little wrong this is this is something off. here something here is wrong <laughs> for kids but i'm gonna allow it because i can't tell you exactly what's wrong um and I, I really recommend especially since it's one of those things where it's 11 minute episodes it also throws you in and sort of in a similar way to the mask even with less setup you get no like you you get no setup you just are given this and you are to experience it in this like sort of extreme 11 minute cram together but it has this great it's it literally you could recut <sighs> diary of the dead maybe it's a little complicated for but you could recut a lot of found footage horror movies any found footage home zombie horror movie you could sort of recut it into this episode <laughs> um and uh I, I recommend it. I don't know. I guess it, it certainly could have. It's supposed to echo with the music and the camera and the visuals. It's supposed to echo these spooky horror movie things. So I'm sure that it could conjure that fear in in some kids, especially little, little kids. Uh, but, you know, I just recommend watching it. Go watch it. It's fun. The joy. <laughs> we should force Jeff to watch it. We should. We should. We should have a gumball merit. Maybe when the movie comes out, we'll actually we'll we'll do a sort of a retrospective. Um, but if you've missed that show and you're an adult but you like weird stuff like <laughs> everything we do on this podcast, uh, check out the Amazing World of Gumball. It's it's worth it. Okay, we're gonna talk about sort of the 
we talked as you said about the the cartoon all-stars um special which was the drug psa with like everybody from alf to garfield to all of these to ninja turtles to everybody um doing a psa about i don't know crack cocaine it's sort of unclear what it really is uh but anyway this is this is the one that that warped me uh that i remember scarred me when it came out um 1991 and the episode of tiny tune adventures the the whole episode which is three sections uh is called um elephant issues and the reason it's called elephant issues is a little framing story is because it's a spoof on relevant issues um a character mishears it and that's indicative of the entire episode it the rumor is which seems substantially obvious in in retrospect is that the writers of the show were really pushing back against um producer control where they wanted to this was the period especially in this early 90s segment when uh there was this kind of in insane concept that education had to be part of entertainment you could not have entertainment on its own because essentially they're saying it has no value which is ridiculous we all know that we understand social things we, we get a lot of content as we grow from entertainment and you know that's also why a lot of people are like oh violent video games cause violence not necessarily it's not that it's not that clear and obvious but um but any who's it's this was happening. Uh, it still rears its head every once in a while. But the rumor is, is that this episode was constructed as sort of a big, oh, you want education and uh, and public service announcements in your cartoons from us? Okay. And they did sort of the most horrendous episode they could, in, given the constraints, and sort of essentially, had, you know, essentially got everyone to just say, fine, just don't do whatever you want. Just don't do that again. Um, the first, the, the two episodes preceding it are PSAs of a sort, although less obvious than the third one, which is called one beer. One is I think about bullying and being, and picking on someone who's different. Another one is about a student that can't read. Uh, and then this one, one beer is the final one of the episode. And it's the final one for a reason, because the entire episode is, it's only like eight minutes long, but, uh, plucky duck, who is the sort of daffy duck, younger iteration version um and uh, Ham uh hampton hamlet hampton hampton anyway hampton the pig uh who is uh his little he's porky pig but his thing is that he's a neat freak uh and then buster who is the bugs bunny uh equivalent like they, this they they create their own characters but they definitely have these like predetermined roles that they fill and that's partly why the show worked right it's a new looney tunes basically um, the show in itself, if you've never watched it, is great. I highly recommend, which I'm sure we'll cover at the pod at some time, the feature-length film that they put out, um, directed video, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Yes. It's a masterclass in how to make an entertaining, legitimately funny cartoon that kids and adults can enjoy. It's a delight. Um, it's, it's sort of... Uh, Where's my 4K, Steven Spielberg? Uh, really, <laughs> it's, that, it's that great. Anyway, I watched the tape until it totally died when I was a kid. Okay, when I was an adult too. And this episode, Buster, they're just in an apartment for some reason. We've never seen this place before. They're just in an apartment. The animation is not even like correct all the time. Like in the animation got a little spotty at occasion in the series. It was a very popular series. So they ordered millions of episodes at a time. But 
the opening shot is the inside of a darkened refrigerator and we can see the outline of a couple of drinks and a beer then the door opens and everything disappears except for the beer which is not even in the same spot and not even the same bottle um that's how shoddy this is and he pulls out a beer and uses words like brewski and whatever and he then proceeds to peer pressure uh his friends to drink a beer with him and they're like you know they're kids this is supposed to be like elementary school maybe middle school but it's elementary school and uh and they literally address the characters address that buster is acting out of character and he literally just breaks the fourth wall for the first of several times in the episode and says yeah but this is to show kids the evils of alcohol and then like grows devil horns and (laughs) stares at the screen for like a solid second and a half and which you know screen time feels like a lot longer and then they proceed to get drunk their clothes change from their normal outfits to the um, Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, the three brothers from the New Heart show, which, by the way, is not a reference for kids anyway, at that time, <laughs> especially. Um, and then they get drunk, hit on the girls, stink, uh, and the girls are like, gross, they've been drinking, and they leave. Then... They steal a cop car, which, by the way, the police has left keys in it like a donut shop, steals the (laughs) cop car, drive up a mountain, and then drive off the mountain and land into a graveyard and float away as angels. Then we get this tiny little stinger at the end that says, has them decostuming from the angel costumes. Well, do you think they got the point? I hope so. Can we do a funny episode next time? I hope so. (laughs) Literally, this was the biggest middle finger from filmmakers to production to producers i have from from production to producers i've ever seen it was and as a kid it was shocking because they're so out of character it's so weird to hear to see and hear a saturday morning cartoon episode say beer drunk and say things like he goes like buster goes ah the it's like the 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 juice of hops or something like it's the weirdest things they say um and it feels even more outlandish because we're just we're not used to seeing them in that context um they even walk up the steps of uh of the school and say they're wasted yeah it's really funny it's weird and they all have five o'clock shadows yeah yeah and then (laughs) then they like at some point they're missing teeth like towards the end of the episode too it's it's so bonkers um it's not i mean it's just so narratively it's it's not even a story it literally is they get drunk they drive off a cliff and die that's like steal a car drive off a cliff. like it's that insane it's not um, even an accurate story where we grew no. up where we grew up you show up to school drunk the girls would have gone whoa you're the coolest kids in school all of a sudden everyone would have driven off a car and then everybody would have gotten a memorial and everyone would have talked about how cool you were and it's kind of crazy because it's like it shows you how ridiculously ineffective a PSA like this is that's so yes. dishonest because it actually made – it actually kind of glor- – even though the girls are like, gross, it kind of glorified drinking. Like they're just literally having so much fun. Like <laughs> it's like they don't know what they're doing, but they're having so much fun doing it that they're not even upset when they drive into a literal grave. Um, it, it's just – it literally – the show was successful at this point and – and like the number one name in the game, I cannot imagine the reaction of producers like seeing this and the fact that it went to air. And this is actually one of the rare cases where, um, as I said before, 
the United States does not tend to ban things unless it has an actual criminal act in it, like uh, violence against a child or an elderly person, uh, rape, things like that. Those are, although, God forbid, if you're a woman and you have a rape tape, try and get that taken offline. Um, but anyway, you know, I know everything turns into a political PSA with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Production's forcing me to. Um, no, really. Wait, wait the, you forgot the joke. The one joke in this episode that was actually good. They say DWI, and he's like, what's a DWI? Driving while intoxicated. He's like, that's silly. I don't know how to drive. I didn't even remember that. It's so... Oh, it was, thing, that was great one there's, line. Because there's barely any lines in it, even. Right. It's, it's like, it's short, but it's just, it feels... It's just such a blatant, like, fine, this is what you want. We'll give you what you want. And it's like, you know, it's like that. I've said this before. It's like the Ray Romano joke. Like, you, you never want to go shopping again. Uh, just make sure you do it really wrong. Like, honey, I couldn't find the lettuce, so I bought a hammer. You know, like, it's just, it's that, like, concept. Like, you, you're, it's uh, weaponized ignorance, right? They did it so badly. Uh, and it was so upsetting to kids and, I'm sure, parents at the time. I remember when it aired that uh, I think it was on Fox TV at that point, Fox Kids, some, whatever their iteration was at that. Um, they quote unquote, you'll see online, banned the episode. They didn't ban the episode. They voluntarily took it off out of rotation. So it only aired that time. And then you, you'll you see things saying that it aired on The Hub later and that was it. It actually did air on, on Nickelodeon. Uh, it did air later on, but I mean, it's nobody's favorite episode. Uh, it's it's bonkers. You can watch it uh, in a couple of parts on YouTube and in poor quality. You can pick it up on DVD. It does exist in a few forms, but it is, it is the most, it is the most PSA of PSAs. And it is also the most ham fisted, half assed fine that you will ever see a show give its producers. You know what would have probably gotten the point across even better is if they submitted a script right afterwards. It's like, oh, we came up with an idea for another one. It's called Cocaine's in the Ma Cocaine in the Mansion. Like, Seriously, like, oops, um, yeah. You know what? Maybe we don't want to do this one. <laughs> I mean, really, guys, it, it literally is. The end of the episode has the characters. Can we please do a funny one next time? I hope so. Like, they're talking <laughs> directly to producers. It is literally like they're just. It's so blatant i want to know what it was like in the recording studio them reading this episode because you know you know how this works at any company whether you're creating something for public consumption like a tv show or not like you know when every single person on a team knows that what is being churned out is pardon the phrase hot dog shit like you know that everybody knows that but the word is coming from above and you're like well look we just have to do it like or not or leave the company and that's literally this is visual proof of that it's bonkers and they also went out of their way to be kind of spiteful because the most memorable scene aside from all your favorite characters dying is in the first half after they're drunk they're sitting on a park bench this is where they are now dressed as larry daryl and daryl i believe and they burp to a music track <laughs> and the animation quality skyrockets. They have like extra shading. It's like they went all out to be like, oh yeah, okay, here we're gonna give this. And all of our energy is literally gonna go to animating a burp symphony <laughs> in the middle of a beer PSA. Like it was insane. Even the name One Beer, which ostensibly is to be like well one beer can cause a lot of damage but really it makes it in this episode it makes it sound 
because they say one beer it makes it sound like even the characters are acknowledging how insipid this is um it's, it's like yeah you know it oh. what's the uh what's that it's it's oh god it was like an after school special where like some chick does some like acid or something like that and then jumps out a window to her death it's it's that level of There's, like yeah mm. like it's reefer madness right like oh yeah. i smoked marijuana and then i blacked out went crazy and killed someone you know like <laughs> you know that's that's you know okay it was it was pcp it wasn't you know that was that was something different that you did um but no it's like really you can't you can't it's just so wild it's it's so wild and i absolutely adored as an adult as a kid it was pretty terrifying as an adult it's one of those things where i am so i love to know that the people that i idolize creating the content i love deal with the same idiocy that we all deal with in our day-to-day -day lives <laughs> from things like management etc or whatever and our policy makers and that they did this this beautiful piece of spite that actually <laughs> aired on on uh, thousands and thousands of televisions worldwide like it just blows my mind it absolutely blows my mind um so anyway uh it also goes to show that when something like this happens when when some area of production or um or the channel some higher up somewhere want they wanted something like this they clearly didn't watch it like you, you didn't watch it because if they'd watched this, it probably would have not gone to air. I don't, I really don't think it would have. It was pretty extreme. And the, 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 the clapping back after it aired was pretty extreme. So like, I can't imagine that they even watched it, which is probably part of the irritation of the creators. They were probably like, you don't even watch the show. Why are you telling us what to do with it? You know, like it's just that it blows my mind. I absolutely love it. Um, makes me very happy. Uh, so anyway, that has been cartoon episodes that warped us. Now, listeners, do you have other episodes of cartoons or otherwise uh, that are kids things that warped you? Um, please let us know. You can write us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Colton Classic Podcast, uh, Facebook, Colton Classic Podcast. You can email us, info at coltonclassicfilms.com. Uh, I really want to know because I'd love to, to watch them and share in your pain and we can talk about them on the air as well thank you so much for listening please rate us all the stars wherever you get your podcast leave a review uh telling others to listen tell your friends that's actually the number one way that we get new listeners and we are small but mighty we have a really strong core of listeners and you're all part of that thank you so much for making that happen and i've got a lot of holiday content coming to you uh as we wrap up the end of the year so keep listening subscribe like all that crap and to play us out, as always, is the Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.